This episode of The Concession Stand is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host, or you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head on over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash popcorn to sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site and get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash popcorn, or just use the promo code popcorn at checkout for your first month free. And now, enjoy the show. You're listening to the Concession Stand Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. From movies and TV to consoles and video games, don't let your geek flag fly with your hosts, Nick Howe and Andy Nelson. back to the Concession Stand Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, we are glad to have you on board for episode number 57. I'm Nick Howell, and sitting across from me, Mr. Andy Nelson. How are you, sir? Can you believe it's already December and we are like weeks away from the, the most wonderful time of the year, as they say? Yeah, oh, the, you mean it's December in, in LA and it's still 80 degrees outside <laughs> during the day? <laughs> yeah, but we might get some high winds. Oh, yeah. Um, coming up later in the show, we're going to talk about Disney getting some cold feet about Frozen, Ooh. a Game of Thrones update, believe it or not, and Last Jedi spoilers may be next to impossible to avoid, but Nick, tell us a little bit more about our network and where people can find us. Well, you can find this and other shows over at OrbitalJigsaw.com, also over on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Official Concession Stand, or on Twitter at Concession Stand. Come on over, hang out with us. Let us know your thoughts on the show over on iTunes. If you like what we're doing, maybe you don't. We also want to know that stuff. Head on over to patreon.com slash concession stand. Throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar and sign up to do your very own stone cold salute on an upcoming episode. You know, um, we spent a lot of time this year talking about box office numbers being down and blockbuster fatigue. Yep. And I, I think a lot of that is the result of these like usually proven Hollywood commodities um, we're going to call them franchises, we'll say. Okay. Um, and they're not hitting the projected target as far as the box office numbers and what these studios are are, are suspecting they're going to make. Um, they seem to bank on these franchises, Hollywood, and, and their nostalgia and these on the big and the small screens. But um, it seems like we might be seeing a change in the garden. Now, let me define what I mean by franchises. Okay. These, these are um, big-time intellectual properties that have had a series of either movies or TV shows or even books or comics or something like that, right? These are sure. big-time franchises. So an example of a big-time franchise would be Star Wars. Sure. Okay? All right. So right. I'm with you. So, are we, Do we call these universes now? Uh, is, what's it the depends. Difference? It depends. Like, franchise is a franchise. They're, they're trying to create universes out of these franchises and make them all connected, so to speak. Ah, but, okay. But uh, uh, the, the fran- here's what I'm getting at. So... Let's look at this year, all right? And there were movies that struggled of big-time franchises. The ones that come to mind for me are Pirates of the Caribbean, didn't do well. Right. Transformers, didn't do well. Aliens, didn't do well. Blade Runner, didn't do so well. Cars, didn't do so well. They're, they're going to they're gonna spin whatever they say and say that it was a thing. And yeah, they sold a bunch of DVD copies. And, and yeah, but to me, it seems like these franchises aren't, aren't as 
excitable and aren't delivering on on what they used to or certain ones aren't well why do you think that is let's talk about that i mean because i think it's worth exploring i like the comparison between franchises and universes that you just laid out a universe is a continuous a contiguous series of a franchise right so let's talk about why some of these have they just aged out is that really what this is coming to or are we we're getting old (sighs) is it get off my lawn kind of stuff is it that i mean there's there's certain types of franchise that seem to stand the test of time like star wars like we just mentioned uh james bond is a james bond franchise doesn't matter you can't touch james bond you could. I mean, maybe we'll talk about that in a second. Well, I mean, but Spectre was horseshit. Sure, but, but, but it's still like it's a franchise. It's a thing that like people go to see a James Bond movie. You know, people go to see a Transformers movie, or do they? People go see a Pirates movie, or do they? That's what I'm getting at. So are are we seeing um, these franchises that we have known and, and come to like maybe over the last 15 years? Are we starting to see a downturn of the ones that we were so comfortable with and we're starting to maybe see an uptick in some of these other ones that that don't seem like franchises? Are we seeing like a rebirth or like a changing of the guard in a way? Like, what do you think? I don't know. I think a lot of this comes down to, I mean, we were talking about before the show, there's a lot of, there's a changing of the way that we can, we've talked about this endlessly, the way people consume content has changed. Gone are the days of of Seinfeld and Friends. I mean, the last one that's kind of hanging around right now is Big Bang Theory. Yeah. But this sitcom kind of mentality where each episode can kind of hang on its own. But even with those, there's still a through line of, you know, connective tissue of sorts. So if we look at this in the film industry, I think that's why serialized TV is so big right now and where all the money's getting spent. But I, outside of these franchises, there really isn't that. I mean, we had Atomic Blonde. We had It. We've had the John Wick movie this year, this, which was a sequel in itself. Yeah. Um, but at this, outside of those... Big ones. There's it worked it, temples. There's kind of a difference between a reboot and a franchise, though. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Like sure. so, like so, uh, it is is to me a reboot. Um, John Wick is more of a franchise because they've had a sequel, and then there's another one in development potentially. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I guess my whole thing is it seems like, and again, we've talked about franchises. Like Lord of the Rings is done, or is it? Because the movies are done. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. The Lord of the Rings is going to be an Amazon show or something in that universe. So that's a franchise that will eventually get a thing. We can't say whether or not it's going to make money or if people are going to watch it. But of it's course a franchi- we are. Of course we are. But like, but that, that's a franchise. Um, the whole- I was talking about the stuff outside the scope of the okay. franchises, okay. though. Like what has done well. So we've not only seen this move from sitcom standalone to okay. serialized TV. We're now seeing maybe the dying off of these some of these franchises and maybe maybe we're coming back to kind of a golden age where it's like we're getting all this new original kind of ideas i don't know if we're there yet or I'm hoping for or it. maybe we're taking a uh, intellectual properties and trying to create franchises out of them that's like that's kind of what happened with the new ghostbusters and gi joe like they made two gi joe movies and you put the rock in it like once you put the rock in it you figure you're gonna have a franchise that one didn't happen um we but need all, Mario Kassar and yeah. Don Simpson to come back, basically, the, like, is what needs t- to happen. Like, in my head, it's like there's all of these things that were franchises that could have uh, continued. MacGyver, the TV show, canceled. Uh, Dukes of Hazard, that movie was terrible. Um, the new Power Rangers movie seemed like a perfect like franchise opportunity. Didn't do well. I don't know if they'll make another one. Um, the Knight Rider TV show, the Karate Kid, uh, uh, Conan the Barbarian with Jason Momoa. Like, how does that not happen? But it didn't. Um, we had the Dark Tower thing. That's an entire franchise of Stephen King stuff. Didn't do well in the theater, but there's still some sort of interest. And maybe we get that in that like um, J, uh, J.J. Abrams Hulu show. What was it called? Uh, I forget what it's called. Oh, I don't remember. It's yeah. some Stephen King universe. Needful, not Needful. Um, I can't remember. Sure. But like, so I guess what we're getting at is, is there's these, all these like they're trying to 
to create new franchises, yet we're seeing a bunch of them die off. Whether or not the studios want them to die off, they're still going to keep making them, right? But we're, at the same time, we're like, ah, we're kind of done with them. I'm I, done with them. I'm done with Pirates. I'm done with Transformers. I'll see it. But it, like, and I think it gets back to what you're talking about, where um, you want to, we're, we're more, the current audience is, is more geared towards a serialized continuing story, which is exactly what Marvel is doing. We want to be invested in the story. And characters. That's really where it comes from. characters. Yes. Yes, absolutely. We were watching an episode of uh, Fat Man on Batman earlier. Uh, shout out to Kevin and uh, those guys. But there was something that, I, what was the other guy's name on Fat Mark, Man? Mark Bernard. Mark Bernard, thank you. He said something that was really, really profound to me, and it was, we don't need to be fighting crazy, mystical kind of things with boxes. We need to have internal, personal strife. If you look at what they did in Marvel with Civil War, if you look at what they did with um, Winter Soldier when mm -hmm. Bucky came back, all of the, that was all about the internal, personal kind of, uh, what's the word? Strife, sure. just uh, you know, fights that go on in there, and it makes you pick a side. It makes you invest in the characters. It makes you invest in the stories. All of that stuff. I, I think you're, that's what we're onto here. Is that you, there's got to be some level of investment from the from the audience member it, to really get into these things. And then once they do, and it, so okay, here's a perfect example: pirates. So the first two movies followed that story of Will Turner and Jack Sparrow and Kira Knightley, and then suddenly they disappeared after the third movie, which was terrible. And then the fourth movie just became like, what's Jack Sparrow going to do next? What's the Jack Sparrow story of the week? Yep. And we didn't care. And we didn't care again when Pirates 5 or whatever came out this year. And we're done with it. Transformers, same thing. Like, here's Shia LaBeouf and Optimus Prime. And like, that's okay. And then the second one happened, and it's like, uh, I don't know. And then like we're, now we're just like, here's another Transformers movie. And we're just supposed to like it because it's another Transformers movie. And there's robots, and they're transforming, right. and it's Mark Wahlberg. Terminator's and, another example, yeah. like, like, like Terminator Perfect Salvation, example. Terminator Genesis, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, didn't have, like, 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 Aliens, your favorite franchise of all time, Prometheus and Alien Covenant, what happened? Garbage. You know? Right, I mean... What? Because we're not carrying on the stories of those characters that we fell in love with. It yes. started with Alien Three, right? We had. It's not even the characters, though. For me, it's the mythos of LV four two six and all of the things that surrounded that that one alien crash site. That's what we invest in in Aliens. It's different explorers and different scenarios going in there for different reasons. They get a beacon from a storage freighter, so they got to go go see what it is. And John Hurt gets a thing on his face. You come into the second one, now they know more about it. It's 50-something years later, and yeah. they're sending in the friggin' space marines, and we're going to blow all this shit all up. We're going to nuke it from orbit. The third one is her being marooned, so you're still with Ripley yeah. through this journey, and they really caught on to that throughout the rest of the franchise, but this the script's writing wasn't as good, and the, the, the direction wasn't as good. Okay, so uh, I haven't even written this in our notes, so I'll just I'll, I'll yeah, extrapolate, with it, extrapolate with this. So... Um, the alien universe typically while we are while we are attached to the Ripley character and the Hicks character and that got thrown by the wayside in Alien 3 um, at a certain point alien became about the alien yeah. and what the aliens going to do next and how the aliens going to whatever and they tried to give us like this is what it was like in Prometheus and this is how we get to whatever same thing even happened with my beloved Star Wars. How did Darth Vader become Darth Vader? Like fucking oh, midichlorians, right? But I'm still living in, in the world and that was <laughs> yeah. that's the franchise and those movies aren't good. But you know what I'm saying? Like. Right. So it's it's a, it's this weird like 
we want we want this like big through line which star wars supposedly gives us and marvel does give us but then like it's almost like we're saying that the studios suddenly have a cop out at a certain point like they pick the one thing that they just want to keep making you go see like go see robots fight robots and transformers go see aliens uh rip people up even even in like the horror genre back in the 80s like go see eight or nine or ten jason movies in friday the 13th and we would go not because the characters we cared about we cared about the guy that's gonna wipe everybody out because it's we're gonna go see a jason movie you're gonna go see a bond movie to see what bond does next none of those stories actually connect but you care about the character and and the franchise at the same time yeah and the capers that they go on right? right well i mean even when they get it right it it seems like they're really i mean look at the mummy this year uh, I think is this is a perfect example of this. Even when uh, they don't get it right, it seems like they're really quick to pull the plug on something that could have formed into something really good. Maybe they just made a mistake of how they got it started as a new kind of franchise. And if you've listened to this show throughout the course of this year, you'll know how high I was on the Universal Movie Monsters kind yeah. of universe that was coming. And I, I will be the first one to step up and say, The Mummy is not what they should have started with. But, but you actually like that movie. I still haven't seen it. You I enjoyed it. it. Yeah, it's not a five star film by any stretch of the ma- imagination. There's all kinds of flaws in that film, but it's enjoyable. I enjoy seeing Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. I enjoy seeing the Mummy, even though it was kind of eh, questionable performance. But it was the Mummy. I can't imagine what it would have been with the Invisible Man, the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Dracula? How can you guys start with Dracula? I know, or Frankenstein. Or Frankenstein's monster. Or, you know, all of, there were so many other opportunities. You could have just made a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde movie about Russell Crowe's character and made that the movie and how he was doing all, building this whole, you know, thing around and, and done that. Listen, I could go on for hours and hours about that one, but I, I think the point is, is that I think people are too quick to complain uh, about certain things and they don't understand the full scope of what's the the big picture is, but they're going to complain about the one little thing, and they're going to nitpick it to death, and that's what we do. We we run a yeah. movie podcast. We sure. take things apart, but I'm not going to step up and say that I wasn't excited, I, and I'm maybe I'm giving the, the mummy a pass in you this example. You know what? I've heard from a number of people that they actually liked it, and I need to watch it. I probably should pay the 10 bucks or whatever to buy it on iTunes and just watch the damn thing. What I'm saying is the other thing that happens is – to me, all of this conversation is based on the fact that because there was a bad return for Justice League and us being a fan of that movie and that universe, there's a chance that all of these movies that they were going to make and all these things that we've heard about are, are going to drastically change and they're going to cut back and maybe they'll change the Batman movie. Because this box office franchise thing has changed, we're not going to get the stuff that we wanted to get as fans. Here's another example. So... There's to me, there's a number of franchises that like were awesome and then like it had a bit of a misstep and then they quit it which they didn't do with Pirates. Like To me, Pirates 3, while it was good at the box office from a story perspective, that was a misstep for me, and then I didn't care anymore. And then they're like, here's what Jack Sparrow's doing in Pirates 4. Here's what Jack Sparrow's doing in Pirates 5. The other example would be uh, Star Trek Beyond, which came out, what, last summer, I yeah. think? Like It was more of a standalone episode. We we still had the Chris Pine characters and, and Simon Pegg and, and Zachary Quinto and all those people, and it was great. Uh but it didn't do that well at the box office, so there's there's that that whole franchise is in limbo, sort of. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, uh, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. Do you remember that series? Yeah. How fun was that? It was like awesome. You've, you've got a series of books that you could do, and those movies were really cool and like really great, and like had great special effects. And they made Voyage of the Dawn Treader, and that was it. <sighs> what happened? Fantastic Four. The first movie, not that good. Second movie, terrible. The other uh, Josh Trank one, completely terrible. 
But then they're like, oh, we're not going to make any more Fantastic Four movies. They should reboot it. They should something like that's a franchise that should be going in some way. Um, Kingsman, even like uh, that's that w- that was the start of a franchise. That was like a modern day James Bond. I know you haven't seen them and you really should. You're going to love them. Uh, Kingsman one is fantastic. Kingsman two, not quite as good, but still has the spirit of that to, to the point where it ends. And I want to see what they're going to do next. But I just I got the golden but, circle. But, today. but I don't know if they ever will. That movie was like, re- I saw that movie three weeks ago and now I own it on digital. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's that quick. I, I, I don't get it. I want to go back and, and hit on something that you said at the beginning of that little mini tirade you just went on there. And, <laughs> and I think it's that I, I don't consider Justice League to be a failure. Now, granted, we picked apart the film in our review. Please go back and listen to that once you've seen the film. Um, and for what it's worth, I have seen it a second time. Oh. Since, since we went to see it in the theater and more of a critical review of it. And it's even worse than I thought in the first time sure. seeing it through. For, for, but I, I'm not going to go back into that. But I want to clear something up in that I don't think it was a box office failure. And I'm, I don't know that anybody has that magic formula of what constitutes a success or a failure at the box office. It's cleared half a billion dollars worldwide. Now, we do know that the budget for that film was $300 million and that Ish, if ta- sure. Ish. If you tack on marketing costs and all that, add another 100%, they probably need to clear $600 million in order to begin to be in the black. So I, they're almost there. Holidays are coming up. People are going to still be going to the movies. I don't expect it to leave the cinemas anytime soon. It's going to be out I do. there for another couple of I weeks. I do. Once Last Jedi comes, it's taking all those screens away. Yeah, but there's nothing else out there other than like Jumanji and Showman at the end of the month. Yeah. So there's going to need to there's going to be stuff to fill up. Anyway, my point is, I have my own formula for what I consider something to be a success. If it clears its budget and gets in the black. I think that's a success. That's your formula, but the, the fact but that the, but the Hollywood formula. But if the Hollywood formula says it's a failure, I, I you know what I mean? Like based we, on what executives' I, I, opinions about what an opening weekend means? I, that's all I about so. social media and word of mouth and anticipation. I think the important metric is the fall off or the rise the following weekend. Yeah. Like, what does it do the second weekend? Which was, for Justice League, was way down and it way was. down again and way down again. And that's a trend we've seen over the course of the year. And I'm wondering if that's due to the rags and some of the other things we've talked about on this show, the the reviews. You know, I think Justice League dropped 60% yeah. between that $96 million it made on the first weekend and uh, the following weekend. So, and I mean, this weekend, I think it did another $16 million. Something like that, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. And Coco won again for the yeah. second week, and Coco's going to win for the next week. And then the week after that, Disney's going to win again with this movie called The Last Jedi. Yeah, little but Star that's, Wars movie they're yeah. doing. Yeah. It's a, it, Coco's not a franchise. Pixar's a franchise, maybe, but not really. I'm I don't tired know. of opening. My whole point of that whole tirade that I went on there was I'm tired of opening box office weekends determining whether or not I'm going to get more of that thing. It needs to be bigger than the effing opening weekend. I'm really getting to a point where I'm getting tired of that being the one thing that determines the success or failure of a film. Yeah, we don't get to make that decision, unfortunately. I wish we could, you know, but we don't get to. And that's 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 the strange thing that's happening in Hollywood with these franchises is that um you know, we're not going to get to see another Blade Runner probably. If we're they not- keep making bigger and bigger movies that are 200 and 300 million dollars, they're all going to underperform. Sure. And they're all going to be failures. Because of the movie theater, and that's the whole thing we've been talking about. What but yeah, I mean even these 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 surefire properties that are going to be the ones that are like, "Yeah, let's let's make sure that like we make this and it's going to make a bunch of money." And it doesn't, and then it's like and and now we don't get it anymore because of some bad decision that some 
Hollywood guy that has no idea about story or whatever. He just looks, he's a, he's a bean counter that we don't get that anymore. That I have, I have an issue with that. I think that's what you're getting at probably. Right. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And and making that entire decision process about one little minutia thing of whether or not it performed. Look, they they expected justice league to make 115 million. The quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes. Expectation was 115 million. It made 96. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's a that's a there's a margin of error in that expectation and it, it's within that. I'm okay with that. It still made a hundred million dollars on an opening weekend. And the word of mouth is if you if you see it, you're going to enjoy it. It's flawed, but you're going to enjoy it. Like they they somehow turned this movie that was going to be oh my god, the Zack Snyder like Dark Universe is going to be terrible into and, and instead of turning it into a Suicide Squad Part Two, they turn it into well, it's good. And like maybe it's going to get better, but then the the money thing that we're reading about says maybe it won't. And again, these franchises maybe. Uh, not as a surefire thing as we originally thought. Yeah. As we thought, and as Hollywood maybe have projected, I, I don't know. Well, let's talk about going forward. Um, some okay. of the things that we wanted to to hit on, especially here, is um, what are the ones that are going to be that we're going to have around for a while? Because I think we started out talking about the things like the pirates and the aliens and the transformers that might be on their last legs. Yeah. That we're going to see die off, but there's a whole slew of them that are going to be around for a while. Well, to me, the, the the biggest one is Disney not doing cartoons per se, but doing remakes of their live action stuff. I mean, look at Beauty and the Beast this oh, year. Yeah. I, I feel like the Disney live, like we got Lion King coming, we got Mulan coming, we've got uh, what else coming? Jungle Cruise, like uh, who knows? But uh, that to me is is the future franchise is the live action remakes of stories that they've already told, yeah. which I think is a big deal. I mean, we're getting we're getting all these rumors of like, oh, this reboot of the week, like this, like we've got a guy working on a lethal weapon script, and we've got a guy working on a Halloween script, we've got a guy working on Hellboy again. We like those to me, like while that's cool to see once, those aren't to me, those aren't like franchise happening again. That you can't do lethal weapon again without Mel Gibson and Danny Glover, and at a certain point, those guys are going to get old and die. The TV show was terrible. Uh, yeah, I'll agree to disagree with that. Um, a franchise like Bond, that's definitely going to go on. However, I think that there's the, the James Bond character, I think in the world of of sensitivity to misogyny, yeah. and that's sort of one of those oh, things yeah. about that character. I feel like maybe that's something they're going to have to deal with in order to make that character um, uh, go on into the future. Um, I would argue, just as probably you would, that James Bond is only as good as the actor who plays him. To an extent, yes, and I'm not a big fan of the Daniel Craig James Bond. I'm more of a Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan kind of guy. Everybody's got their bond. But Everybody's like, got their bond, but, and I understand the ladies love Daniel Craig and his abs yeah. and his, spe- his speedos, but <laughs> walking out of the ocean, I get that. It's fine, but I want to see the English cheeky suave sure. that Daniel Craig has only shown hints of, whereas you were swallowed in it by Dalton and Pierce Brosnan. So let me and ask even, you... Uh, Sean Connery. So. Let me ask you this. How do you sell James Bond to my kids? Oh. I'll tell you how. I'll tell you how. Okay. You make James Bond using cool gadgets. Kids like gadgets these days. Make it about gadgets. Make it about the cool stuff that he can do and getting out of trouble and 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 using some sort of something you've never seen before that we'd never seen before in like the spy love me. Look at a car that turns into a boat and like what? And you know, like that kind of stuff. They need to have people doing the James Bond universe that think outside of the box, that give him gadgets and things to do, but also make him a troubled character and a character you like. Pierce Brosnan, you're describing those movies. They, exactly. They were, they were kind of, several of them were crap films, but I mean, you look at Goldeneye, that was that was a near perfect 
Bond film. Yeah. Um, and it was full of gadgets and Q and all kinds of crazy Casino stuff. Casino right? Royale, perfect Bond film. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, First 10 minutes. We'll debate that for an hour. Fine. <laughs> um, uh, like Star Wars, that's not going anywhere. We might get a misstep with the Han Solo movie based on whatever trouble we've heard, but the Star Wars franchise that's going nowhere that's in no. good hands with disney good hands with kathleen kennedy it's gonna last jedi is gonna make a pile of money last jedi is going to be amazing we know that because they gave ryan johnson a whole, like here's a, go ahead and make a whole new star wars universe thing and we know that episode nine is gonna be fine because they're like you know what jj abrams go ahead go ahead and make the the last one well, marvel gonna, marvel is marvel i'm gonna throw something out here and uh this is risky and we can put a little fun wager on this if you want to i'm gonna put it out there that Last Jedi, with all of the revelations of everything that we've talked about, with the new trilogy being announced, everything going on, it's got rave reviews, and Ryan Johnson has been tapped. There's all kinds of things that lead us to believe that Last Jedi is going to be a phenomenal, it's going to be the empire of this yeah. of this trilogy. I'm going to go out on a limb and says it, say it breaks $200 million opening weekend. I know that's a stretch. Uh, I can see it. I but I it. think that's a because they're going to open that thing in four thousand plus theaters. Sure, it's going to have an early opening overseas, which we spoke about earlier. Uh, th- it's going to have a two hundred million opening weekend domestically here in the U.S. Do you think it will beat Force Awakens? Oh no! Overall, uh, what do you mean overall? Like it's bo- just a simple box office take worldwide. Do you think it'll beat Force Awakens easily? Think so? Easily, it would have to cross what is it nine hundred thirty seven. Million or, or something. Okay, uh, I, I, I agree with you. I agree. I with think you. Force Awakens, if I'm not mistaken, was a 120 opening weekend. Yeah, I think. But I'm saying like overall, like box office take. Oh, I think yeah. you're absolutely right. I think oh, Last Jedi yeah. takes it. This this one's going to be big. So here's another one. We mentioned it before. I think John Wick is going to be a franchise. I think they're already the third movie is already in pre production, which I think we're going to talk about in quick hits, which maybe we don't have to now. But um, <laughs> but they've Damn also it, but, but they but they've also got like these other series in the works, like their franchise of John Wick and that character in that you know like the the continental hotel right um is that still a thing is that still going on yeah i mean it's still in development so huh. if, if they're already like people love those movies you I and do. i love those movies those are, these, those are the action movies like my favorite thing yes. of the last two or three years yes yes so i have a question for you speaking of of franchises and things that are near and dear to my heart can you make a mad max film without george miller i, I don't know the answer to that but my immediate answer would be absolutely not um, but we've like, how do you top it? Like, how do you top the last one? Could you hand Mad Max to a Robert Rodriguez? Could you hand it to a Denis Villeneuve? Maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. I, I don't, I don't want to see an artsy Mad Max. I want to see a, uh, raw Mad Max is, Mad Max is pretty artsy, even though well it's colored. Yeah. You know, but at, at the same time, it's, it's, there's a rawness to them as well that, that there's a visceral kind of rawness to them that really gets to me. I, I don't know. Um, is Mad Max dead at this point after Fury Road? I don't I've, think so. I've heard no rumblings so. of anything else being developed at this point. It's because it was such a big money maker. It's yeah. going to happen at some point. I feel I like that's a franchise that. that's, that's that's waiting to happen. I think it's a TV show that they could yeah, develop. Sure. You know, there's a whole series that you could put on. You know, if Netflix needs a 57,000th. <laughs> TV series, original <laughs> series to do, you know, go do a Mad Max series. Um, we've got a, a sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. We might get a franchise out of uh, Kenneth Branagh's Hercule Poirot uh, character. Death of the Nile's coming. Yep. That could be a franchise that's happening. 
uh, Lord of the Rings. While we thought that was over with the Hobbits and the Lord of the Rings movies, they're going to make a TV show about the prequels. That's a that's a franchise. Harry Potter's a franchise. You got the Fantastical Beasts or whatever those things are. I didn't care for that next movie, but there's a legion of people that love those movies and love those characters and love that universe. That's not going to die. By um, the way, they're doing Christmas at Harry Potter World at Universal this year. Hello. Maybe I'll have to for the first this, time. For those this. of you here in LA, yeah. head to Universal. They're do, doing some kind of thing for New Year's as well. By the way, might have to use those season passes finally. Oh right. <laughs> well, I mean, it's you pay for one entry into the thing. You might as well buy a season pass. Uh, Pacific Rim's another good example that I'd like to spend some time on because there was some Guillermo del Toro was involved in the first one. Yep. Right. Uh, not in the second one, from what I understand. So there is hope that somebody else can continue that on. I'm a big fan of big giant robots like Voltron and shit coming down. And, and Transformers be- is this? Is this? Does this take the place of Transformers? Maybe. maybe I don't know because they're not fighting amongst each other. They're fighting against like evil, villainous, cosmic space beasts that come up from. I don't know. But if you need your giant robots fighting giant robots fix or giant robots fighting uh, monsters fix, that's your next step. Like what giant monsters that's what we're fighting at. giant monsters. But that's what we're getting at. We're getting at the we're getting at the fran- one franchise going away and another franchise coming up and maybe that's it. Maybe Pacific Rim is taking the place of Transformers in that robot giant robot uh, exciting fun thing that's happening. We'll see next year. Well, we've got a we have confirmed a crossover between King Kong and Godzilla coming very yes. soon, which I'm so excited about. Uh, so, so Godzilla's coming. There's a franchise with monsters, not Universal monsters, that's probably going to work because Kong Skull Island was so fun. Yep, you could argue that Rampage is a part. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, there is no argument for that film being made. Somebody needs to fire Dwayne Johnson's agent. Well, speaking of Dwayne Johnson, we can't um, forget about the Fast Fate fu- fa- Fate in the fu- Furious. That is a franchise, whether you like it Big or not, time. and especially if they do this spinoff thing. With the Rock and Jason Statham, I mean, come on. Would it be the the transporter, trans transfader, trans of the fate of the trans- fate of the transport <laughs> transporter? <laughs> uh, Rocky is another one to bring up uh, that comes to the top of the mind. Yeah, the yeah. Creed reboot of that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't. Do you call that a reboot? Because it's kind of the same storyline, but it's a franchise. You're right. It's a, you're absolutely right. It's a franchise. It's a continuation of characters, right? And we get into the Creed character and the son of Creed, and now we're into Creed two, and Stallone's gonna. So okay, the question about that franchise becomes: when Stallone dies, or when Stallone says, "I don't want to," like, does that whole franchise live and die with Sylvester Stallone? I think so. Probably. I think so. Probably. Or do you create enough of a character that people can go and revisit it, and then they would like it? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think if they tried to do this with like the son of Apollo, Apollo uh, said Apollo Cruz from WWE, <laughs> the son of uh, Apollo and the son of um, Ivan Drago's. That's supposedly what the right, next one's going right. to be about. Uh, I think you could have done that without the two, and maybe just some throwback, flashback kind of things for them to have motivation to go to fight each other. I think you could have done that without Stallone and without uh, Dolph Lundgren. All right, I'll take this a step further then, Mike. Oh, here we go. Ready for this? You're talking about son of people? We're talking about Indiana Jones, because that's coming. And at a certain point, there's going to be a passing of the torch, which it's sort of happened, but they'll probably throw that out. Well, but there will have to be a son of Indiana Jones or a young Indiana Jones or a, a, a passing of the torch. Right. Similar, I mean, the Indiana Jones, James Bond parallels could be made until the end of time. But uh, can an Indiana Jones, uh, can that last forever without Spielberg, without Harrison Ford, without George Lucas? I say if they do it right, yes. But when have they ever done anything right <laughs> in these, in these, with these characters that, like we want to reboot them? 
Uh, with reboots specifically, not too many what it occurrences. Is. I'll tell you one. I'm glad you brought up Indiana Jones because there's one that's coming out soon that I am really excited about and could turn into an awesome, awesome franchise, and that's Tomb Raider. Oh. This latest installation of, I mean, love them or hate them, the Angelina Jolie versions, were, were they were fun and goofy and silly. Manageable. Manageable. Um, but I, this, this new actress, Academy Award winning actress. Yep. I can never pronounce her last name. So thank you. The, um, what I'm seeing from this film so far, some behind the scenes stuff that's come out. Yeah. I am very, very excited. As someone who loved the Tomb Raider games and the Lara Croft series on PlayStation and other gaming consoles. I'm a huge fan of this and I think they're going to go really far with this Tomb Raider stuff because you can turn it into an Indiana Jones kind of find a thing an archaeological thing and make it an honorable sort of quest but at the same time fight off villains and all kinds of stuff like that right exactly what it's we were uncharted s- the well, movie well that's another thing but like yeah. that's what we're saying so like when we said uh pacific rim becomes the new transformers maybe laura croft like you're saying maybe tomb raider becomes the new indiana jones maybe maybe, maybe. well here's what i want to say that's uh, you know just to recap, there's tons of content out there for people to consume. We've gone over that year just endlessly on this show throughout the year plus that we've been doing this. But in the amount of time that we've recorded this show, the last yeah. 30 minutes or whatever, there's somebody here in Hollywood sitting in their studio apartment eating ramen noodles that has just finished writing the next great script. I hope so. I don't hope so. I know so. Because there's too many people here for that not to be happening. There's too many people that come here as dreamers to chase that dream and really run that down and and be that next great screenwriter or director or actor or camera DP, whatever that is. The problem that I have with this is that we, we, we haven't backed them. It isn't the Wild West with unrelenting amounts of cash that the 80s were, right, for example, yeah. where we had all of these original properties that we now revel and and call cult classics, right? That's where all of these came from because you had the Don Simpsons and the Kassars and even early Bruckheimer and stuff like guys that would put money behind these things, Orion Pictures and places like that. So all I wanted to get out was, you know, studios, if you're listening, if somebody from developmental at one of these production companies are listening, somebody out there has written the next great script, don't just be so quick to throw it in the trash when they send it to you unsolicited. Yeah. Don't be so quick to say no when they send it to you unsolicited when you say, sorry, we don't accept unsolicited requests. My point is, read this stuff because there are tons of great scripts that I've read from independent screenwriters that are out there. Your brother is a great example who is going around winning awards at film festivals and has put together Mercy Christmas, which is now on iTunes that you guys can go check out. Fantastic script. Fantastic story. You know, it's out there. But all of the money is being consumed by these 200 to 300 million dollar franchises and sequels and reboots and all of that stuff that there's not room. There's no more development money left when once you budget four to five films a year that are two to three hundred million dollars. So keep an eye out for these guys. And and studios take a chance. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. You know, if you take a chance on a $30 million film, it might pull in 15 to $20 million, but it may become the next cult classic. What was the budget again for Indiana Jones when we talked about? Yeah, it was $30 million. Yeah. Right? So look what we've got now. Exactly. Hey, Nick, uh, how was your week? 
Mine was pretty good, man. It was uh, I had a friend in town for the weekend, so we had we got to hang out and catch up. And it was one of the guys that I went to uh, to Mexico with uh, a month or so ago, six weeks ago. Uh, I caught up on a couple of films that I was really looking forward to. Both of them biopics. Oh, um, so I watched the Brian Cox uh, biopic of Churchill. All right, and it was a D Day minus three kind of portrayal of what went on between him, Eisenhower, and the rest of the Allied forces. Cool, leading up to D Day. And without giving anything else away about the film, uh, I would not be surprised if Brian Cox finally gets a deserved Oscar nomination for a Best Actor performance. It is fantastic. This film is not for everybody. If you like Dunkirk, you're going to love this film. Um, but it's 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 a little bit of a slow burn, but it shows you a true portrayal of of what Churchill went through. Now, I I temper that with we've got another Gary Oldman version coming out soon, or it's out now. I'm not really sure when that one's coming out. Uh, of Churchill uh, with Gary Oldman in a fat suit and fat makeup. <laughs> um, the other one I watched w- was uh, the biopic on Tupac called All Eyes on Me. Really? Uh, this is about a two and a half hour uh, biopic that his mother apparently put together with some some friends. And there was some interesting stuff about this that, I, that takeaways for me. One, being a 90s teenager, I mostly took for granted or uh, you know just accepted Tupac. But looking back on it now as kind of a 40-year-old man that has aged through music and likes all forms of music that's out there, maybe not country, but what an amazing artist that guy was. If you put aside all of the drama and all of the stuff of him going to jail and the thug life and all of that kind of stuff, the amount of freestyle that this guy did behind a mic, the amount of the, the quality of lyrics, the quality of music he put out, I think at the end of the biopic, they put up a, a, a card that said that he put up something over 100 songs, seven posthumous albums. Wow. All by the age of 20. He, he died. He was shot in Vegas in tw- at 25. Wow. That's how much work. And we got like five studio albums, all kinds of work with Dre and Snoop and other p- members of Death Row. But this was a pretty cool look from beginning to end of the life of Tupac and his his journey through music that you know ended tragically with Suge Knight in Vegas. So definitely recommend All Eyes on Me if you're into... You don't even really have to be into hip-hop, but if you know Tupac and you like a couple of his songs like California Love or you know any of those others that were big, big hits in the early to mid-90s, you're really going to enjoy this film. And they bring everybody in. Cool. So you've got Dre and Snoop and you know uh, Daz from the Dog Pound, all those guys. Suge Knight's certainly portrayed. Whether, whether, whatever you think of him... They portray him in a certain way that kind of feels like there's an agenda behind it, but if you can let go of that, it's uh, it's certainly a, a film worth seeing. What about you, Andy? What have you been up to for the past week? Well, I did the opposite of Thug Life, and I went to Disneyland on Saturday. Uh, my wife West got Coast? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> my wife got four free passes, and we let our uh, annual passes lapse a long time ago. Um, but we were able to go to Disneyland. We did made an all day affair of this. Um, you of course know that my daughters love Disneyland, but they're kind of getting too like the oldest is getting too old for the princessy stuff. Um, but she's more into the rides and the youngest is still kind of, uh, enamored with the princess stuff. But we, we really focused on the star Wars stuff. Like I, I, I steered them in that direction, but Kaylee, the youngest was way into the star Wars stuff. And we went into the launch bay and we met Chewbacca and we met Darth Vader and we met Boba Fett and we met Kylo Ren and Kaylee decided that she wanted to do the Jedi apprentice training thing. <gasps> and so Emily, the, the Jedi Academy. Yes, Emily had done this a, a number of years ago. So now I, I am the proudest father ever. <laughs> 
because because uh, Kaylee, the five year old, got her Jedi robe and her lightsaber, and she fought Darth Vader. Or sorry, Kylo Ren in front of a bunch of people, and she won, and she got her little button. So both of my kids are Jedi apprentices. Thank you, Disney. Um, other other things that happened. I did watch that. Um, crisis on uh, uh earth x it was like a crossover they did on the cw network between the flash and supergirl and arrow and the legends of tomorrow show oh okay whether or not you're caught up on this it's it's actually a good like uh jumping off point in a way you could watch those four episodes and not really know too much about what's happened in those uh series but it's a really cool fun thing where all of those characters get together it's a it's a tv justice league if you will okay and you get to see them all interact and uh you could probably uh, i think on the cw app you can watch all four of those episodes it's definitely worth your time um it has some sad moments it has a, a bunch of happy moments again a good jumping off point for the show if you want to you could you could start watching those shows based on where they're at with, without having watched anything before it okay at this point so that that's really cool um we put up our Christmas tree yesterday, so we're we're getting into you know I got two kids. We're getting into like Christmas Town. We've got the advent calendar that's Lego. So each day they open up a thing and like they get to build a Star Wars Lego. Fantastic! Oh, I, um, I want one of those. I know. I know. Where do you it's, get that? I, they're sold out, but we got it early in November when we saw <laughs> okay. it at Toys R Us. But yeah, uh, it, um, uh, my brother, uh, the movie is out. Uh, Mercy Christmas, which you mentioned. Thank you again for mentioning that. It's out. They went up to the Portland Film Festival this weekend. Uh, Stephen Hubble, the main actor of that movie, won Best Actor. Yes. Yeah. So and they got to. My brother had never oh been to, God, to Portland. Really? Yeah, so uh, it's it's getting awards, it's getting accolades. People are finding it, and it's not just iTunes. You can find it on pretty much any video on demand service. Your Xbox, your PS4, Google Play, it's all there. So please go out and check this movie out. I think you're gonna like it. Big congratulations to Ryan and Beth and that and Tarkin and that entire crew. Uh, congratulations to Stephen on the award. Very well deserved. I've watched it twice. Since I got it last uh, Tuesday when it, nice. when it was released, so I, I've enjoyed it. Uh, even after seeing it at the festivals, I was I've enjoyed watching it again, and it looks fantastic on the stream. By the way, it really does. Um, also, last Jedi is right around the corner, dude. We're like a week away, which leads us to some quick hits. Speaking of last Jedi, it seems like it's going to be uh, next to impossible to avoid some social media spoilers. <laughs> In the next few days or weeks leading up to the release, because it's going to come out in Japan on Wednesday, when the premiere was this weekend. No, the weird, yeah, the premiere is coming up this this upcoming week, like on the ninth. So the movie comes out the fifteenth. The sixth, apparently, it's available in Japan in some uh, some form or fashion. So we could start seeing spoilers and like <sighs> I have to go on like a social media blackout for like a week and a half at this point. Um, I don't know if I can do that. Well, we're going. We're going next Thursday night at ten o'clock uh, at ArcLight in Culver City. Uh, we're going to finally when get are we to going see again? it again. Thursday night, Culver City, ten o'clock. Okay. Yeah, I'm skipping my hockey game to go see this. Okay. And the team was like, "You're what?" I'm like, "Just give me a moment." Yeah, it's Star Wars. I can miss one <laughs> <Yeah>. game. <laughs> and you and you, and and every brand seems to be cashing in on this. All the commercials are all over the place. Yeah, just Geico, Norelco, <laughs> Nissan. I'm I'm so tired of every single commercial on TV. Even Disney though I don't really watch TV that much, even on the streaming stuff. I think Jack in the Box even has a Star Wars kind of themed commercial that's going on. This is going to be huge, guys. Yes, it is. It, I, that's why I said what I said earlier. I I'm, I would not even be shocked if it. I'll be surprised if it doesn't break 200 million in opening weekend disney is not tired of that however they may be a, a little tired about frozen of you remember mm -hmm. we talked about this last week that frozen short that was on the front of coco it has gotten such a backlash of hate 
from from people about it being like they're calling it the next Star Wars holiday special. Oh no! Okay, this was supposed to be a thing that was on TV in June, and then they tacked it on to Coco. That's why it's twenty one minutes because twenty two minutes would have been a, a half hour special. An episode, yeah, right. So uh, they've 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 Star Wars but, holiday. Because of the, the angry backlash, they've taken it off. And probably because Coco has won the last two weeks in the box office. They're like, ah, oh, we don't need Frozen anymore. Yeah, right. Just see Coco for what it is. It's, well, they it, probably listened to this show and they you know, heard that I wasn't going to go see Coco. So they were like, hey, how about some Frozen? Oh, okay. I'll exactly. go see it now. <laughs> Whatever. Um, hey, we can't have some quick hits without telling you about some other franchises <laughs> yeah. that are being rebooted this week. Um, what do we got, Andy? Uh, John Carpenter has approved... The Robert Rodriguez Escape from New York remake. I'm surprisingly okay with this, though. Because Rodriguez is directing yes. it. Yes, exactly. And you know that guy is going to be like, he's going to honor like the source material. But here's it, what it comes down to. Oh. Who's playing Snake Plissken? I know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can let go of Kurt Russell. No, it's probably Antonio Banderas. I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. See? I'm kidding. Here's one that you're going to care about. Okay. Ridley Scott has come out and said that all future Alien films, if they happen are going to be more about AI and less about aliens. What? 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 Oh, okay. He should hang him up. Time out. Stop. We have to talk about this one for a minute. This may make us run a little bit long here because you guys know what a what an aliens fan I am, right? So this uh, Okay, this is the first I'm hearing about this. They're going to he's going to make the movies about AI? No, not more about AI, less less about aliens. What? This makes no sense. But I read There's today. no through line from Prometheus to Covenant to... These, there were allegedly four more films uh, in this slate of, um, dare I say, prequels. What? That, that, there you go. It's, it's, it's turning into Lucas's prequels, these Aliens movies. Hang tight, folks, for an upcoming episode because I'm going to go dig into this. and we're gonna, we, This may be an entire episode where I, Nick loses his shit. <laughs> over over Ridley Scott and Aliens. That guy might have just gone off the deep end. Well, in other news, Masters of the Universe, Mr. He-Man, is in the works now by David S. Goyer. Yep, the, the guy that gave us all of the uh, the Dark Knight movies. It was one of the screenwriters, one of the great comic writers. I think he was involved in the Blade movies as well. All right. He has the power! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we mentioned John Wick three is in pre-production yep. that, that doesn't, we have, we have no casting announcements or anything. The next franchise, which we talked about, speaking of franchises, you'll be getting a Jurassic world two preview on Thursday night football. There's some teaser footage already out there. I did see that. I'm excited about yep. it. You know what I'm saying? Chris There's Pratt and dinosaurs. I'm in. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff coming out this week about Justice League uh, like that we talked about. We both watched this Kevin Smith podcast, uh, The Fat Man on Batman, and he talked about some of the things that were potentially going to get cut out. If you get a chance, like go watch it and listen to it. It sounds like some really amazing stuff. Along those lines, Aquaman, Jason Momoa himself, knows how Game of Thrones is going to end. How? And he says it will, quote, it's going to be the greatest thing that's ever aired on TV. What? It's going to be unbelievable. It's going to F a lot of people up. And that is a bummer because I'm a huge fan and I didn't know what's going on. I didn't like, want to know what I'm was like, going on. Yeah. I'm like, damn, I didn't want to know that. My man. My man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's only two years away, that Game of Thrones thing. Oh, boy. One last thing. Yeah. Uh, this is a breaking news. Oh, boy. Ready for this? Yes. 
It turns out Deadline just came out with an article that apparently there is a Star Trek reboot. They're, they're calling an emergency writer's room meeting because Quentin Tarantino wants to write and potentially direct the next Star Trek movie. Ooh, uh, that doesn't work. Does it? If, if, he, if he plays within the rules and he doesn't pull the Quentin Tarantino stuff, if you remember in Crimson Tide, there's a big Captain Kirk monologue that uh, Denzel Washington has, uh-huh. something like that. This is apparently like a universe that he likes. So while Quentin Tarantino says he was going to retire after the next movie, which is a, movies or, or the 10th movie, which yeah. is something about Charles Manson, maybe that's going to re- be released on the date of Sharon or the 50th anniversary of Sharon Tate's death next year. That's a bad call. But Mr. Quentin Tarantino, if you make the Star Trek movie with your stuff, without your, without your, your, know how to your f-bombs and your n-bombs and all that stuff if you if you make a snappy star trek dialogue thing i am all about giving you sir the stone cold salute i said give me a hell yeah well folks that's our show for this week uh i don't know what to say about quentin tarantino directing a star trek film other than i hope it's not him figuring out how to go back in time to find walton goggins in the (laughs) 1800s still doing slave trading (laughs) Anyway, if you like this show, we'd love to hear your feedback. So leave us a review on iTunes or even over on Facebook at facebook.com slash official concession stand. If you'd like to support the show, we'd love that. Head over to patreon.com slash concession stand. Throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar or sign up to do your very own Stone Cold Salute right here on the show, just like Andy did. The holidays are also coming up, and you can get anything from T-shirts to hoodies to coffee mugs to stickers over at the official Orbital Jigsaw merch store. Just head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash store, and it'll take you right to it. There's currently a sale going on for the holidays as well, so Ah. go and check that out to get some really good deals. Those are going to be ongoing all the way up to and after Christmas, so be sure and go check those out. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me over on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I'm Andy Nelson. You can find me at Andy Nelson76, also on Twitter. But until next time. Later. Bye. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. OrbitalJigsaw.com.